0: You. Kia ora everybody, great to be here today, real privilege to be here on your second birthday, it's very flash, so flash, I don't feel flash enough to be here on your second birthday, so hopefully God will help me. <laughs> yeah, um, it is super significant to journey together as a group of people um, for two years is a, a a great thing and in some ways it's a miraculous thing especially in the days in which we live where all around us there seem to be invisible forces at work wanting to separate people out from one another and kind of divide people into camps and one of the great things about the church is that just in our togetherness and the fact that we gather and we journey together we're making a prophetic statement about the ministry of Christ which is the ministry of reconciliation it's the ministry that brings everything ultimately on heaven and earth together whole in Christ yeah I love Colossians 1 in the message talks about that. Everything broken or disconnected or wounded by sin and the stuff that's gone on in the world. Right now, God is moving and God is working. What Jesus did paid the price for that togetherness and that wholeness. Yeah. So every season that we journey together, every time we gather, when we don't feel like it or we, the kids were absolute murder at home before church on Sunday, but we pile them in the car and we turn up and we spend most of worship trying to get saved again because we were so mad at them. Every time we push through those things, every time we engage when we've had a tough week and we come and we sing songs like, "'You are worthy of it all, God,' What are we doing? We're aligning ourselves with God's ultimate purpose and destiny, not just for Palmerston North, but for the nations of the world. He's at work, and he has given us the privilege of being called into this thing that he's doing. So much of it's going on in the invisible realm, but we're the ones who get to make a picture of this as a testimony to the world. And there's huge power in that. So good on you guys. Good on you. Give the person next to you a pat on the back. You got here today. Whatever happened last week, whatever happened this morning, woo, you nailed it. <laughs> We've got four um, grown-up kids and 11 moko, and uh, our newest baby was only born three weeks ago. She is beautiful. Sylvie Pearl Mariama smith is her name, so that's quite a few names to live up to. And she's absolutely gorgeous. And our next youngest is eight. So we've had a gap. And this latest one is one of our sons and his wife's first baby. So it's very, very special. So there's something about family that is powerful and hard and wonderful and glorious. And once again, it's powerful Because it's a picture of something greater that is behind our earthly realities. Yeah? God is a God of relationship, and He's described Himself to us as our Father. Yeah? And so, God's work and His purpose and His intention and His nearness to us, people, all people on earth, you know, or oh, big history I'm talking about here, has always been about the fact that he is gathering to himself a family. Yeah? That he's reminding people who they really are, that they're sons and daughters of the living God. Yeah? So I, again, I want to encourage you. There's a picture of Fano here, there's a picture of community and family that is greater than just what is visible and practical here. It's worth it, guys. It's worth it. It is worth it because the ripple effect that goes out in the spirit is greater than we can ever know. Yeah? Every time we gather, our intention to be a people, not just a person, not just an individual, our culture is so about going after, you know, what number one needs, but that's not Kingdom. Yeah, and why am I raving on about this? Because I want to strengthen you and encourage you with this is significant, yeah? And when it's significant like that, what does the enemy want to do? He wants to come against it. And so we need to remember the power of this, the significance of it, the value of it is worth fighting for and contending for and owning and going after whether we feel like it or not on any given day or at any given moment, there's something heavenly that God lands in the family of God that goes out and changes things in the invisible realm. Amen? Do you hear me? Do you get that? Do you, do you believe that? Yeah. So can I just pray for you right now about that? Is that all right? Maybe just put your hands on your heart chest. Where, where's, where's our heart? Somewhere in here, eh? Lord, I pray for everybody here today and those who couldn't make it today, who are connected with this church family. I thank you, Lord, that you are the one who calls us, and you call us your sons and your daughters. You've called to us down through time and eternity. You spoke our names before we were even conceived in our mother's womb, and you've led us to this place by your grace. And you've declared that though once we were not a people, you have made us the people of God. And right now I pray for the hearts of everybody in this room, everyone connected. Right now for a strengthening and a protection and a guardianship over the deepest place of their hearts. I pray right now for an impartation of strength. An impartation of grace right now to be who you've created them to be individually, but to be a part of the greater thing that you're doing. To be whanau, to be community under the banner of the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are the guardian of your family. You are the protector of your flock. And I declare over this church today that the name of the Lord is the name above every names and the name of Jesus is the banner over this place and over this people. I just really sense and, and kind of see in my mind's eye the Lord like a massive big eagle with his wings stretched out over you guys. I feel like he wants you to know that he's your protector that he's your guardian and he's your guide. And so right now, whatever that represents, Lord, I pray for that sense of being protected, of being covered, of being um, guarded by the Lord Most High, would settle over this congregation and settle anything in the spiritual realm that has tried to come against anyone with discouragement. Thank you, Lord. You are the mighty God, you are the King of kings, you're the Lord of lords, and you're the father of these people. You see them individually, you know them individually, and you know them as a family today. Amen. Amen. Um, if you've got your Bibles with you, I haven't given any by the scriptures, but I just want to start um, by reading a bit from Psalm 84. And I want to throw out another scripture that when I was asking the Lord what to share here, um, this phrase came to mind, and it's from um, two places in scripture. And it was, um, the phrase was, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I looked that up, and um, in Matthew 4... Verse 1 to 4, let me read that, and I'll get to Psalm 84 in a minute. Okay? Are you doing all right? Are we okay, us? Are we managing? Cool. Let's try and do this together, because I need your help. Um, Jesus was the one who, who said this in Matthew chapter 4, and he was quoting Scripture. Um, And in the verses before, starting verse 1, it says, "...then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil." You know, which seems weird, eh? Because the Spirit was leading him. So we'll come back to that. Um, "...after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, "...if you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread." And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Okay, so note that Jesus, the Son of God, God himself in humanity on the earth is confronted by the tempter who's trying to oppose him, fulfilling his destiny. And what does he do? He quotes the Word of God. Now, this is quite weird because Jesus is the Word, isn't he? John 1 said, he was the Word in the beginning, and then he came to earth. He's the living Word. Jesus quotes Scripture to defeat the enemy that was coming against him, to cause him To not be obedient to what God was saying, but to be tempted to take a shortcut, yeah? Or to tune in to the influence of the enemy, maybe. Cool? So where he's quoting from is in Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse um, 1. Let me read a bit. Um, And this is, when the children of Israel were being led through the wilderness, because God had a purpose for them, an inheritance for them to enter into a promised land. Cool? And then God was going to give them um, the Ten Commandments, the Scriptures, because they were his beloved people, so that they could live in a way that was going to be a blessed way. Yep, so we've got to get that right. When God speaks to us as his children— and he invites us to walk in his word or to align with his word, it's not that we need to do it in order to be accepted or loved by him. We already are secure in Christ. These people were already God's chosen people, yeah? But the word comes to us because God is inviting us to walk in a greater blessing or revelation of him to walk in a way of life or in a path that is going to be good for us. Why? Because we are his beloved children. Are you with me? It's really easy to flip that around. Oh, I've got to obey the word of God so that God will accept me. No, you're accepted. His word comes to us because he's inviting us to walk in freedom and in blessing and into the promise and the plan that he's got for us. You with me? So here they are, and um, it says here, Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today. So that was the Ten Commandments that were coming. That you may live and increase, and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised, and oath to your ancestors. So this was a moment where they were being called to go on in their journey. I reckon you guys are at a moment. We've declared, you know, today that scripture. This is a moment God has a word for each of you. Yeah? We're in a moment as a church. We're in a moment as a society. We're in a moment in the world right now. And what do we need? We need to hear the word that God has for us. Why? Because he has a plan and he has a good inheritance for us to enter into. And when we follow his word, we're going to get there. All right, so there was a promise to their ancestors that they were going to enter into. There was a promise to the church before we ever got here that they didn't get to see yet, but we are going to enter into as we follow God's lead. Yep. Remember how the Lord led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So why was Jesus quoting this? Yeah, Because he was here, and he was about, through his sacrifice, to make a way for everybody in the world who wanted to, to enter into the ultimate inheritance that God has for all people, the family of God and oneness with God. Cool? The Israelites traveling through the wilderness and all of that was a picture of this ultimate destiny and journey that was coming that we would journey in, to walk with God, to be known by God and to be his people on earth, to accomplish something in the earth so that everyone could come to know him, all right? Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word, and yet God gives bread. We've celebrated communion. There's a whole lot of crossover I haven't got time to get into today, but bread is significant, Jesus said, I am the bread of life, yeah? And he said, I'm the word. He's the living word. He has come to feed us with his word and equip us with his word that we can advance and accomplish our purpose as the people of God, yeah? Jesus was in this doorway of destiny, The temptation of Jesus in the wilderness was just before he embarked on his earthly miraculous ministry to be the way of salvation for everybody. This is a doorway moment, I reckon, that we're in, in the kingdom right now. It's a doorway moment, and we can think of it with an ominous sense of, oh, this is hard and, wow, scary— Or we can allow the anticipation and the excitement of Holy Spirit to begin to arise. Because actually, from God's perspective, this is something he's been waiting for for an awful long time. Yeah? We are moving because God moves his people onwards further into accomplishing their purpose and his purpose. Are you with me? But we need his word to feed us and to equip us and to lead us. Yeah. And so I'll come back to that. All right. Now, um, Psalm 84. It's a fabulous psalm. Let me just read it to you. Is that okay? How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. First of all, where's the dwelling place of God today? Yeah. Where's the dwelling place of God? In us, we are what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the house of God. We are individually, aren't we? I'm not getting enough help, guys. I need more help. (laughs) This is a group preach, in case you hadn't realised. It's a team effort. Each one of us, God sought out to make his habitation in. We are now his temple. Let that mess with our minds for the rest of our lives. That is a crazy thing to meditate on. We've already heard someone shared prophetically today. We carry glory, the glory of God inside of us. We don't feel very glorious most of the time, do we? But by faith, that is the Word of God that's come to us. You have the glory of God in that earthen vessel. So that right there. Is a word from God that we can live by and be strengthened by in this moment. It's a very relevant and significant word. You carry glory. And what is the glory? It's Jesus. It's God himself. Yeah? Jesus dwells in you. Holy Spirit lives in you. And the Father lives in you. That's a word that we can live by, yeah? So how lovely is your dwelling place? Individually, God declares you are a lovely place for him to dwell. Yeah? You you are a grand design from God's mind. He's the architect, eh? You are his grand design. You might think, God, what were you thinking? But he's wiser than we are. His thoughts are higher than ours. Yeah. So we've got to take that by faith. Cool. And together, we are the dwelling place of God. And both are incredibly important. Yeah, You carry so much, and you carry his glory. You carry the revelation of Jesus. You carry his word. You carry him. Where you go, he goes, and he can do whatever he wants to do the more we're aware of who we carry. Because it's awareness that's the issue, and that's where the word of God comes in. We need the word of God to break through and just um, dispel clouds, yep, yeah, that mess with our minds in the course of daily life. You are the house of the Lord, you are the house of the Lord, glory manifests in you and among you. Yep, yeah, the more you're aware of that, the greater difference it's going to make to how you live in the world, and how I live in the world. So, Your dwelling place is lovely, God. No matter what the world says about the church, God's dwelling place is lovely. God's dwelling place is glorious. God's dwelling place is significant for the blessing of the whole earth. Verse 2, my soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Every single one of us is programmed to cry out for God. But often we don't know that that thing on the inside of us that's wriggling around and being dissatisfied is the cry for God. And that's where we come in with our friends and neighbours, helping to locate that cry for them and, and help to connect it to the Lord. Um, and listen to this bit. Even a sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. A place near your altar... Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are ever praising you. So let's just pause there. There's a beautiful picture there that until we find ourselves at home as the house of the Lord and in the house of the Lord, we're not fully at home, yeah? Once again, the enemy really wants to mess with our minds and our feelings to help disconnect us from the fact that this is a spiritual thing, that as we align with God's word, we can experience in a relational way and in an emotional way and in an intellectual way in a greater way. But we've got to receive that as a spiritual reality by faith first. Are you with me? We need to find home in the family of God. The family of God, church, and, you know, you guys don't manifest the negative at all. You are on a great journey. The church is not a service that you come to to receive goods where you make some transactional exchange. It's not going to the mall to get what you need. This is family. This is coming home. But you know as well as I do that that in the spiritual realm is contested. And that's why we need the word to live out of. So I'm, I'm really laboring that because I'm wondering if for some of you, the enemy has come against you. Do you really belong Do you really belong? Oh, they all seem to be so chummy. I feel on the edge. No, let the revelation of the Word of God, the spiritual reality that's described in His Word, bring alignment to your feelings and your thoughts and the way we behave together. Yeah? It's a faith thing. It's a spiritual thing first, and then we land it. Because the church, in a way, is prophetic, and it's apostolic, we've got to land those heavenly realities, that's our part, how can we manifest it? And so the way you do kids, the way you do communion, all of this is a way of picturing that reality, to help us live in that and find our nest, yeah, but to make a nest where others can come and, oh, what's this about? To get a sense of it, a picture of it, a feeling of it. Yeah, it is so, so, so worth contending for and keeping on building into and manifesting creatively and manifesting by faith in the way that we relate together. Cool. So, isn't that lovely? We can have our nest, we can have a lovely time together, and we can build community, and it will bless us. But there's more. So that is absolutely true, and we've got to do that and fight for it. Cool? But listen to verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Yep, so our strength as a church isn't in a great church planting program or in great leaders or great ideas about what church. Our strength is in God, individually. We have to be plugged into the head, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, we've each got to be growing in God and in His Word. And as a church, we're following Him. He's our strength. And then it goes on and says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. What? Didn't we just get home to our nest? And now we've got a pilgrimage? Yeah. Blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, as they pass through the valley of Baka, or the valley of weeping, or hassle, or trouble, or COVID, or you know, economic this or that, or you you know, fill the gap, or your own grief and sorrow and challenges, as they pass through that, because they're pilgrim- pilgrims journeying with God, strengthening them, they make it a place of springs. Yep to carry on just for a bit. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Two years, strength, yeah? There have been places of building from strength to strength, but there are more places to go in God. On the one hand, we are home and we rest in God. And in just being, Yeah? And on the other hand, God is always moving his family and his people forward in his purposes. But we carry home with us because he's amongst us. The people of Israel were marked and famous, and this was their desire that amongst the nations they would stand out and be known because God was in their midst. Yeah. So I want to encourage you today, there's a place to rest and be home. And you've got to build that and you've got to do the housework and you've got to do everything that you invest in that intangible kind of realm as as well in relationships to build home. But see, this family takes its home with... Because we're a family that is moving in the purposes of God. And our strength and our security and our place to land, our nesting, is in His presence and in knowing Him. Yeah? And so wherever we go, we carry security. We carry our identity as the family of God and the people of God with us. Yeah? But He hasn't finished yet. Because he's growing us up to be his church that brings heaven on earth wherever we go. That's what they're turning it to a place of springs mean. Jesus' prayer. Pray, let heaven come on earth. Yep. Does any of this seem relevant? Or am I just barking up the wrong tree? There's a lot more in, in this psalm, but verse 10 says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And I've, I've just had this thought um, for you guys that, you know this idea of We are the family of God, and we carry heaven with us. That's what glory is. The kingdom is in us. The kingdom is amongst us. It's another way of describing we have glory in these earthen vessels. Yeah? We carry this glory with us, and the fallout of his presence and his leadership with us, where he guides us, how he guides us, what he asks us to do, how he asks us to move, whatever, the fallout or the byproduct, a purpose that he has through that is that we bring transformation everywhere we go. You know, I believe in in believing for revival and for reformation and for moves of the Spirit. And when that happens in the spiritual atmosphere, (coughs) changes over a region or a nation, it's incredible. Yeah? But we don't want to just be waiting for that. I think we need to believe and align with what the Word says that you carry... Revival. Why? Because you carry Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You carry God himself on the inside of you. And where the people of God go, blessing, and the kingdom, the king's rule goes, and where the king's rule is, Good stuff happens all around. Yeah, I can remember years ago um, when we would bring up our kids and and so on. Um, we went to a great church and um, the pastor used to say on a regular basis when he was preaching, he was encouraging people to be kingdom bringers wherever they go. And he would say to people about their jobs, come on, you need to, believe for the job God's got for you, because that workplace is going to be blessed because you are there. You know, we can look to our workplaces to bless us and to resource us and to be our saviour and source. I want to encourage you to turn it around, that you are carrying some rains, spring rains, that God wants to bring into every environment that you go into. Yeah? Doesn't matter whether you feel that emotionally on any given day, because we don't live by our feelings, but we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We live by faith. We live by faith. And so I pray right now that the awareness of the wonder and the majesty and the lordship and the glory and the greatness and the light and the health And the wholeness and the resource of heaven is carried in you and through you. Lord, I pray right now for every person in this room for a shift in awareness where the enemies come against minds or emotions and hearts to minimize who they are and what's going on in their lives right now. Lord, I pray for an alignment with the truth that they are your house. They are your people on pilgrimage. And where they're going is from strength into greater strength, from glory into greater glory. Thank you, Jesus, that it's all by grace. And I pray today for a, a, a real shift for people to begin to meditate on what does it mean to carry the glory of God and the King of Kings and the living Word on the inside. Thank you, Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm just about finished, but I just want to read a little bit from Hebrews chapter 11. Are we doing okay? Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Faith isn't something you work up. Faith is a gift from God. Yeah, but you've probably heard lots of sermons about it. The more you exercise your faith muscle, yeah, the more it grows, the more sort of capacity and strength there is in your faith as well. But it's a gift of grace. Faith is the confidence and what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's the spiritual realities we don't see. They are real. They're as real as the oxygen in the air that we're breathing. Even though we don't see it, we need it to exist. Yeah? God's Word, what He says about you, what He says about reality, what He says about your future and where you're going, the steps that He might give you to take are as real and as tangible as gravity, even though it's invisible. And the more you step out on the Word of God and live by it, by faith, the more you get to recognize and to understand the connection between the invisible and the visible. Yeah, God is calling each one of us to journey forward by faith. If you read that chapter, it's amazing and it lists a whole lot of heroes of the faith. Yep. By faith we understand the universe was formed at God's command. How crazy is that? That word that God spoke caused the worlds to be formed. We don't live by bread, but we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God's word creates stuff. God's Word creates your future. God's Word creates the house you want to buy. God's Word creates the children you haven't had yet, the family you don't know yet. God's Word creates the path that you're going to walk on into your destiny and your future. God's Word creates the connections and the relationships that you need. God's Word transforms our nation from being godless into being God-loving. God's Word does, but we, the family of God, need to align with it, believe it, and begin to step out on it. I've got so many testimonies about the little nudges that God has given us as a family that we've stepped out on. When God's been calling us to journey to leave something we've been doing, and to move out and on into the next thing. Usually, there's a financial cost involved, or it has been for us. There's all sorts of challenges that can cause fear to arise. Are we really hearing God? How do you hear from God? Quickly shout it out. What's the main way you hear from God? His word. Some people have dreams. We all have dreams from time to time. Yeah, what else? Scriptures, we'll read a scripture and we think, oh, I think there's something in that for me right now. Yeah, what else? Sorry? Yes, through people who are speaking and through friends, through things people say. You can have a conversation. Someone will say a phrase and you'll just think, oh, I need to pay attention and think about that. What else? Yeah, through circumstances. Sorry? Movies, yeah. Sorry? Yeah, just the sense of Holy Spirit nudging us on the inside. You know, for most people, more often than not, it's just by a subtle, gentle knowing something's up on the inside. Yeah? Yeah, we have visions and dreams and all sorts of crazy stuff too, which really help, by the way. But often God wants us to be led by just, oh, I think something's up. I think God's talking to me about this. A little adjustment or a little direction. One time, just one little thing. We were about to sell a house, leave everything, go into a mission thing. We had four children, most of them at high school. They ate us out of house and home every single week. And um, we're... (laughs) But we both felt we received this invitation to be involved in a ministry. It had no pay packet attached to it. We both felt it was God, but it was an inner knowing. And everybody thinks, oh, is it really God or was it just me? If you haven't thought that, come and see me. I want you to pray for me. <laughs> Mostly we all journey through that. That's what the journey of faith is like. It's risk-taking. And anyway, um, we decided we were going to do it, but no income. Every week, hungry people at our house, all that sort of thing. And um, I was walking down the beach one day, and as I was walking along, I was just praying, and, okay, God, I think we've done the right thing. And I came, uh, I was just walking on the water's edge, and a $10 note washed up and ended up at my feet. And I picked it up, and God said to me, the money will be okay. It wasn't an angel, it was a little thought on the inside of me. My husband, the week later or something like that, was walking across a car park and the wind blew in front of him and a $5 note stood up on its edge in front of him. He thought That's weird. And he bent down and picked it up and he heard the Lord say, the money will be Okay. That was a word out of God's mouth that we needed to live by for a real, tangible, practical need that he was compassionate towards us about. He got it. Are you with me? It was a little thing. And I want to encourage you today, God journeys his people forward because there's stuff for you to do that is awesome. There are places for you to live and ways to know him that are greater than you know him right now. He's faithful to lead you into it. He wants to be something for you, to reveal another dimension of how wonderful he is and how much he loves you. And the glory of your experience of his goodness will change atmospheres and climates around you for other people too. Amen. So I'll leave it there. Um, I'll hand over to Nick. But I want to encourage you. In case you haven't laboured it enough, God is moving you individually and corporately. Yeah, You get to carry home on the inside. It's him. It's his presence. He's going to speak to people in subtle ways and give you words that are going to direct you in this day. But it's going to take... Faith for you to step out into something invisible before you arrive at what's tangible, because you need to partner your faith with God to make that manifest. Amen. Oh, that was so good, Jill. Why don't we just give her a big round of applause? Thank you.